Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. lockdowns worth it. So what is the answer to that? What's so striking is that so many politicians, the ones enforcing the lockdowns, don't seem at all interested in asking it. Instead, they're bullying forward as if nothing has changed. Just today, the San Francisco Bay Area announced it'll be extending its lockdown until the end of May. That's five weeks from now. What is the scientific justification for doing that? They didn't tell us because there is none. None. That's Tucker Carlson from last night. Man, and to me, that's a long time. That is With a long the curve time. Uh, downward and the, the, the trends downward and getting better? Right. Eh, this is very strange. You know, I've, I've never seen a clearer example of what C.S. Lewis talks about when he says the worst sort of uh, oppressor is those who believe they're doing it for your own good because they can never be satisfied. They're not greedy. They won't get enough money or power. Or they'll, they'll never have enough power. So the governor of California lecturing people who went to the beaches over the weekend, San Francisco, as you just heard, extending their lockdown for another five weeks and other parts of the country, no less hard hit than California, by the way, uh, because California was not that hard hit, uh, are doing it a different way. Texas, this is from the Wall Street Journal, uh, Texas, Ohio and other states took steps to ease lockdown orders and reopen their battered economies. Uh, leaders in states hit harder by the pandemic, however, are moving more slowly, as we know. I understand why New York is shell-shocked. I mean, those numbers were horrifying. Um, 
But some of these other states, I, I just I don't get it. After weeks of well, closures, as of and, yesterday, total of seventeen hundred and seventy-four deaths in California. And again, not to discount the grief and and, and sadness of the families and the rest of it, but uh, not even two thousand in exchange for shutting down the fifth, according to some, largest economy in the world. I mean, not shutting it down completely, but damaging the hell out of it. And according many to the, counties uh, that have had no deaths. Well, right. Right, and the projection, according to the uh, the famous um, the University of Washington model, I guess, that everybody's still looking at, uh, it's going to be a total of about 2,000, and that's it. Then no more. So, yeah, Gavin, Newsom, uh, local leaders, you can't just say, yeah, we're shutting it down for another five weeks, see ya, click. No, 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 that is not nearly enough. Or you, are, you think you saw uh, disobedience uh, over the weekend, Gavin? Yeah, yeah, wait till next weekend. After weeks of closures and social distancing orders in the United States, states from Mississippi to Tennessee to Colorado began to permit some businesses to reopen Monday, welcoming customers back and letting some employees return to work. Over the weekend, some businesses had resumed in Georgia, Oklahoma, Alaska, Texas, and South Carolina with social distancing measures in place. I don't I don't think you could stop social distancing measures most places. No, nope. everybody's going to do it voluntarily. Yeah, you couldn't or a force lot of people. people are. Uh, yeah. Retail stores, restaurants, malls, movie theaters, museums, and libraries in Texas will be allowed to open Friday. Yeah, movie theaters. Um, restaurants. There are eight states now where restaurants are open. Um, but they say at 25% capacity. I don't exactly understand what that means. So you're only allowed to allow in a quarter of as many people as you normally would to your restaurant, I guess? Yeah, if the fire marshal says 200, you let in 50. Okay. But, geez, the difference between opening and having 50 people eat as opposed to zero is huge. No, if you're the waiter or waitress, unless they're making so much money on the government dole that they won't go back to work. And we have multiple, not like I heard it from a guy, but specific uh, instances, business people who listen to this show saying, I can't get my workers to come back. It's unbelievable. Uh, The governor of Texas, Mr. Abbott. Hey, Abbott! Um, He said he will allow the stay-at-home order to expire on Thursday. So uh, the Bay Area of California is going to extend it for another month past that. That's uh, two different, completely different approaches on how to handle this. The executive order has done its job. Now it's time to start a new course, says the governor of Texas. We'll see which one of these uh, wins the day. Many are watching Texas's phased reopening as a test. The country's second most populous state has relatively low rates of COVID-19, but among the lowest testing rates, leading critics to say there's no way to know how prevalent the virus really is. Public health officials have cautioned that lifting restrictions hastily could lead to a new surge in cases. Well, if there's a surge in cases in Texas and a whole bunch of people die and all of a sudden, you know, Houston and Dallas look like New York did a couple of weeks ago, there will definitely be a political price to pay for that. On the other hand, if that doesn't happen, and San Francisco continues to be financially devastated by being uh, closed down, and uh, you know so much of California, there'll be a political price to pay for that too. These are not easy decisions. I'm looking at the counties in the Bay Area, California, and I wish I'd been—I'm sure I could dig up trends uh, if I dig long enough. But um, I've been looking at these total deaths virtually every day now. Uh, for quite some time, and uh, San Francisco County's still just at 23 deaths total. Uh, San Mateo County, which is just to the south, is a 41 total. Hard hit Alameda County is 52. 
and there are millions of people in Alameda County. Uh, Contra Costa County, uh, an early uh, you know victim, 25. Santa Clara has been just over 100 now for days and days. I don't see any justification for that. Unless the justification is changed to this thing is such a son of a gun, we are going to just absolutely enact dictatorial powers until it's gone. But you have to say that, and then you have to justify it constitutionally. Yet there there are not big increases in deaths in the Bay Area, California. This is really mystifying. That means then it's you working, get outside Joe. the Bay Area, and it's just a couple of people here and there. That means it's working, and you don't stop when it's working. What? I I I I've got to believe that's their attitude. So, so however else yeah. do you justify it? Yeah, yeah, I know it. What I are it. what are some of the strictest <laughs> states doing? And you might not know what some of these states are. I mean, they're but what's the little state of New Mexico where we're on the air doing? Uh, we'll have that for you in a second. Yeah, hey, listen, uh, here's a note from our, our friends and sponsors. It's Simply Safe Home Security. <clears throat> and we want you to know Simply Safe is not some sort of weird alternative uh, security system if you can't afford the old fashioned kind. No, U.S. News and World Report, for instance, named Simply Safe the best overall home security of 2020. So it's the best and it happens to be way less expensive. Yeah, you don't pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. You just order it online. You set it up yourself in under an hour with Simply Safe, and your home is protected 24-7 with emergency dispatch for break-ins, fire, and more. It's the protection you want, all just for 50 cents a day. And again, U.S. News & World Report named Simply Safe not among the best or in the top 10, best overall home security of 2020. Boy, avoiding those uh, installation costs is good as it costs. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simply is S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Free shipping, 60-day risk-free trial again. That's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Yeah, emphasis on the 60-day risk-free trial. Why wouldn't you yeah, do that? Buddy. Why wouldn't you do that? So I was looking at the map of restrictions around the country, and some of the states that have the the, the strictest restrictions, for instance, New Mexico, Travel outside home only for essential needs and work. You're not even allowed to travel, and that is an official order. They're stopping people, apparently, in New Mexico. And if you're That's not. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gatherings, five person limit in a single room or connected space outside of your residence. Businesses, non essential businesses suspend all in person operations. Now, is that to flatten the curve, or is that to avoid anybody getting sick? And is that ample justification? It's got to be the latter. It's got to be that we don't we don't want anybody to get sick. I guess um, uh, New Mexico had six people die um, the last day that we have numbers. Six people again. God bless them, and and may their families endure their grief. But six people, you're you're imprisoning people. You're essentially enacting, as the the attorney general put it, house arrest. Over six people? Any arriving air travelers must self-quarantine for two weeks if you fly into Santa Fe or something. Six people die every day in New Mexico from Javelina attacks. (laughs) You you don't (laughs) impose house arrest because weird desert pigs gourd people. (laughs) What the hell? We've lost our minds as a country. And and listen, oh, great sages in the capitals. Here's, Here's a little homespun wisdom from the Armstrong and Getty show. If you overreach and you impose these unjustifiable and probably unconstitutional restrictions on people without ample reason, 
when you do have ample reason, people will ignore you. They will violate your your sacred orders. They will scoff at you. You will have lost every shred of your credibility. Are you listening to me, governors? You do have to worry about the next time you need to do this sort of thing. Now, a decent chance it'll never be a next time, because this certainly never happened in anybody's lifetime. But, boy, you'd have a hard time getting people to go along with it again in a state where you got how many businesses will go out of business in a place like New Mexico for six deaths in the entire state? Well, it's well, yeah, six per day. I think their total is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's not pleasant, but it's uh, 99. 99 deaths, uh, soon to be max probably 186. You're shutting down the state. And and I'm not saying no precautions. Of course, nobody's saying that except a handful of lunatics who email us every day. Um, but nobody's saying that. So, yeah, take sensible precautions. But how do you justify shutting down a state? It's, for I mean, <clears throat> people, you know, New Mexico is a beautiful place. There are plenty of people who die in skiing and mountain biking and, and, and hiking and mountain climbing accidents and stuff like that. You're not shutting down the damn state. It's really interesting, though. I mean, it's such a political decision, and I'll be interested to see if people get rewarded or punished for this. New Mexico has the strictest restrictions among five states with the strictest restrictions, whereas Colorado has lifted mo- almost all the restrictions, and they're, and they share a long border. So that's clearly just a political attitude, because you could live in a county where you're right next to a state that has a completely different view of this. And in in probably either side of the county line in Colorado, New Mexico, practically nobody has died or gotten the virus. Let's see. You're talking some rural areas there. Boy, this is really weird. Colorado on the 26th officially had four deaths. Um, Two days prior, they had 122. So not sure what happened there. Hey, good thing coming up. Warren Buffett, one of the great investors of all time, has his two best pieces of advice for investing. Is that right, Sean? I yes. like the sound of that. Uh, specifically for young investors. And um, um, Too late. I'm out of luck then. And uh, what the <laughs> NBA's planning to do. On, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. government has declared them essential. The Armstrong and Getty Show. From their living rooms? Did they cheat on that? I have uh, some pretty good information that a lot of these um, home concert things you see with the split screen and all, uh-huh. you have, you know, like the, the, the lead singer records the song to a click track and then everybody adds their part. Uh, so it's, it's essentially just a recording session, and then usually, then you videotape yourself playing to the track you've already recorded. Okay. So you don't have to worry about looking cool and playing right in the same time. Yeah. So it's it's pretty manufactured. I'm not saying the Doobie Brothers did it that way, because they probably have a budget. That's what it sounds like. I mean, there's there's just, yeah, it's not no knock on them. The, the reason they did that is they're supposed to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and all that sort of stuff has been canceled, and so they thought they would sing 
one of their biggest hits from their living room. But there's no way you could get that sound. I mean, we do this sort of thing for a living. There's no way you could get that sort of those levels and sound quality and the balance and everything like that. And, just, and at no point does anybody glitch. Just throwing everybody up on Zoom. It just It's just not going to happen. The Doobie right. Brothers kick ass. The Doobie I, Brothers are great. And they sound that. every bit that good live, too. I mean, they're one of the great bands ever. Oh, yeah, I'm not no, trying to claim no they are No disrespect aren't. meant to the Brothers marijuana joint. But you could get the Mormon Tabernacle <laughs> Choir. Tabernacle, you know, the, the choir. <laughs> Give them five more chances, then cut the mic. Michael. I get your word straight, Jack. <laughs> you can put them all on Zoom. It's going to sound terrible. It just... Doesn't mean they can't sing. It's, it's right. a technological issue. Right. Um, uh, I have this this burning desire because I really miss music. Um, just to assemble the DFers and uh, go to the end of my driveway and just play loud <laughs> and just draw a crowd. <laughs> just just get out there and blast away. You know, don't we need more of that? You get lectured by some government official. Yeah. Yeah. How Soviet Union is that? <laughs> uh, you must break up this clandestine musical performance. So before we get to Warren Buffett's uh, uh, investing advice for young people, I did want to mention, because we were talking about states doing different things. Am I wrong, or is it my impression, or is it accurate that it seems blue states leaning way more toward extending shutdowns, red states leaning more toward opening up? And It's I'm absolutely not, true. I'm not exactly Undeniable. sure why that is. I mean, what the political I, I, leanings are on that. There are two reasons. And only two. Now, there may be many. Uh, number one is more densely populated states tend to be, or, or states with big, densely populated cities tend to be blue. And so they probably need to take more precautions. Okay, that that is sense. part of it. That makes sense. Now, I've got my, my honest broker but, hat on here. But. And this is a Lizzo-sized but. Lefties are, are do-gooders. They believe in more rules. They believe they can fashion a utopia if you just give them enough power. So they're much more comfortable telling everybody what to do with or without justification. I just think it's interesting that the, the Bay, uh, Gavin Newsom's lecturing Californians, don't go on the beaches, huh? Viruses don't take the weekend off. I'm in charge here. And uh, the Bay Area of California extending for another five weeks. Are you kidding me? While Texas is opening up, Illinois' governor announced they're extending for five more weeks. Then a judge jumps in when late yesterday and said, now you can't do that. You're overstepping your bounds here. Which well, I'm at glad, least a temporary restraining order. Yeah, I'm glad finally the courts are going to get involved. And can the governor decide that the businesses all have to be closed down for five more weeks based on his whim or her whim? Well, right. And can they do it and then change their rationale for it a few weeks later and, and continue it or make it even more restrictive? Yeah. We're not flattening the curve. We're just presenting, we're preventing cases now. We got this text from one of our Illinois listeners that the, the, when the governor extended till the end of May and laughed at the idea in a press conference of treating lower Illinois, which is more rural, differently than you treat the Chicago area. Right. Um, I, I, I don't think you get to do that. As wow, the governor that's of California insane. or Illinois tells somebody 400 miles away from the big city um, in their county where they've had zero deaths that you can't run your car wash. I don't think governors should be able to do that. that no, that's terrible. The more I think about it, the more mad it makes me that the, the big city governors and mayors are dictating to folks in rural areas. It's going to be interesting to see what the courts decide on this. Well, get on it, courts. It's going to be battled over for a long time. So I ate up all our time with my Lizzo references and whatnot. Uh, We will get to the Warren Buffett investment investment advice coming up, and I'll still try to say Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Hey, you did it. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was chaos at the elevators at the 8th Street Walmart yesterday when a customer got on without a mask and demanded social distance, meaning nobody else could get on. And when another customer pulled her cart on anyway... She pepper sprayed the other woman. Dominic Gamble saw it all with his cell phone. Even the security cop got mazed. Even the, 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 he got mazed. Man, they was crying. They was crying. He was crying. Just try not to hurt nobody with, with this virus going on. Just stay in the house. Police were called. An ambulance was called. The victim declined treatment. And police say the pepper sprayer was not arrested and so far has not been charged. In Northwest Washington, I'm Sam Ford, ABC 7 News. Hey, we need, uh, we need Cardi B right here, don't we? Really? <laughs> Doesn't this call for Cardi B? Coronavirus? Um, Coronavirus! So, uh, she's not been charged. You can't just mace people because yeah, they get the on the hell? other. Yeah, well, wait a minute. I've seen people who, who pepper spray assailants get charged. Well, that's not allowed in this precinct, so you're under arrest. Oh, my gosh. Justice. There's no justice. With time on U.S. consumers' hands and no access to non-essential services, these items have seen a major growth in e-commerce from a year ago. What What are the the most the biggest growth categories? Uh, coffee filters up 131 percent. Vinegar 192 percent. That's got to be cooking, right? Uh, or use for cleaning. Pretzel purchases are up 200 percent. That's a staying at oh home watching God. TV. My wife, I love her, but she keeps buying those uh, peanut butter filled pretzel things. Oh, what? What is she great. trying to do? I've never had one. It oh, sounds oh, fantastic. No, I, no, forget I mentioned it. it they is, don't exist. It they is don't exist. They're like snack. unicorn stack. No, they, they they don't exist. So don't they're start. They're hollow on the inside and have peanut butter inside them. Yeah, picture like a. They're not pretzel shaped, but they are pretzels like a. Think of like a cheese puff, sort of like oh, a small. Boy. Like, oh, like a tater tot shape. Yes, that's a much yeah. better example. Oh my tater god, tater top shape, but but peanut butter on the inside. I could only eat five pounds of those. Oh please, where do I get those? Yeah, I know. I'm going to order some this next commercial break. My kids <laughs> would love those. They got them at the big box stores. Mm-hmm. Hand lotion sales are up 225 percent. All that washing dries out your skin. Yeah, hair coloring is, that is what up. You think it is? Ha- uh, hair coloring <laughs> is up 310%. That's not surprising. Nail polish is up 335 That's kind of surprising. Uh, women are not getting their nails done. Yeah, I, like home home hair care coloring thing, I, I, I would imagine, is skyrocketed as well. Yeah, my wife's never had gotten her nails done, to my knowledge. So I, guess, I, I forget that that's even a thing, going to do that, and not, yeah. as opposed to doing it yourself. You know, I got a tale to tell. I think I can tell this tale. Maybe there's a woman, maybe I know her pretty well. Maybe she gets her nails done pretty regularly. And uh, she reached out to her uh, nail person who works at this shop and said, Hey, look, come on now. Let's get together somewhere, someplace. We'll we'll mask up and do my nails, would you? The lady said, No, I can't do that. I, I think she's insane. I think she's crazy. Because of the coronavirus or because of the ridiculous, you know, nail salon people have all these regulations and licensing? I think she probably fears, yeah, horrible repercussions, you know, practicing nail paint without a license, you uh, you know, charges. You should not have a society where somebody who puts fingernail polish on your fingernails is scared of government regulations. Yeah, if you can both be safe, and there are like no cases where I live. I mean, I'm sorry, I I shouldn't say that. There are probably plenty of cases. There are very, very few deaths. 
Um, and this poor gal, I mean, she's uh, like so many nail people, a Vietnamese immigrant. She needs the money. Come on. Oh, I see that Dr. Fauci has weighed in on Brad Pitt's SNL impersonation. Hanson, maybe you can put that together. A little Brad Pitt doing Dr. Fauci on Saturday Night Live. Oh, it's good. And Dr. Fauci's a reaction to that coming up. But we have this first. Um, Warren Buffett. uh, Margaritaville. No. no. Uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. Parrot Heads, right. Always barefoot. You've probably been to his concerts. The investing genius. Uh, One of the great investors of all time, Warren Buffett. Uh, Fins to the left of me, fins to the right of me. Um, (laughs) He's got some investment advice for young people. And he says this is the best advice. Here we go. Well, uh, you've got to understand accounting. Uh, You've got to... uh, that's got to be like a language to you. And uh, so, yeah, you have to know what you're reading. I mean, and, and, and unless you know that language. And, and, and you have to have the attitude that you're buying part of a business and not that you're buying something that wiggles around on a charter that has resistance zones or 200-day moving averages or that you buy puts or calls on or anything like that. You're buying part of a business. And if you buy intelligently into a business, you're going to make money. And then you have to buy something that, in my view, which you do if you're buying a business, that you're not going to get a quote on for five years, that they're going to close the stock exchange tomorrow for five years, and that you'll be happy owning it as a business. Hmm. Hmm. Now, the first part of his advice was be smarter. Be knowledgeable. Well, specifically, (laughs) understand the language of which you are diving into. Like, if I wanted to be a a sports better, I should learn... Uh, the statistics that matter in sports and and being able to decipher the codes and the language and the verbiage sure. of accounting makes a lot of sense. But yeah, but if you're not smart enough to 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 recognize the first one, I think that knowing more about this would be a good idea. Yes, then I don't I don't know if I can help you. That's good stuff. The Oracle of Omaha. There, be knowledgeable. I thought the second part was really good though. That's pretty good. And uh, yeah, Warren I Buffett's, have friends who day trade who'd say, "What? That's stupid." Well, yeah, but Warren Buffett's famously he's a he's a long term thinker. Well, yeah, that's the difference between being a trader and an investor, and yeah, both right. are perfectly viable, but they are different things. And a lot of financial media blurs those lines to what I would say is an unhealthy degree. Are you an oracle? I no, try to be. Not. So the NBA is uh, got some ideas. Um, uh, we're assuming. For coming back, Sean's pretty convinced, and you you follow a lot of news on this front, that that, that they're going to try to play sometime this year. It's hard to imagine that you wouldn't, because if you made a 20th of your normal money out of the playoffs, that's still of a hell of a lot more than nothing. Sean, you're pretty close to some sources close to the NBA. Mm-hmm. How many people are the minimum to put on an NBA game on television? I mean, you got 15 guys on each bench. You got coaching staff, so you're up to you know like 40. You got mascots. You got cheerleaders. Say just over. Stop it. 40 for for the actual uh, requires trainers, coaches, players. You You got got the uh, camera people. Bring guy that brings out the trampoline for the monkey that jumps through the air. (laughs) (laughs) The halftime monkey. The person who shoots the t-shirt cannon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, you could my my. Point is, you could. What are you shooting the cannon in empty seats? Um, you could have one hundred people who are tested on a daily basis or whatever. Would it be even the take only hundred people in that stadium? I, th- I think I'll bet it probably would. With broadcasting people, probably close uh, around a hundred. I think is probably a safe, safe high end. Wow. But you could, you could pull that off. Sure. 
And like I said, if you made a 20th, and I think they'd make more than that, if you made a third what they normally make off of uh, a revenue, you're, I mean, you're going to lose all the ticket sales, obviously. But I mean, mm-hmm. just the TV viewership and everything like that, I would think it would be pretty good. It would be somewhere in the normalish range. And for all I know, with everybody, with so many people staying home, it might even be great ratings. There are very serious conversations happening at the highest level of the NBA on how do we, A, get to 70 regular season games because their regional sports network contracts have that as the threshold of when you get payment in full is 70 and regular season And how far into games. the season were they? Um, so the range of games played is 63 on the low end to 67. So you wow. either need to play seven to three games to get to that, that wow. full payout threshold. And they will most likely use those games as kind of a pseudo preseason to get people back into shape for the playoffs. Um, yeah. so, so, so that, and then having actual playoffs, some version of it, um, single elimination is seeming less and less likely, but, uh, but the two major locations that they're talking about doing it are Orlando and, uh, the Disney world in Orlando and Las Vegas, where they, mm. they, they do the summer league every year so that they have the capacities for that. You know, I'm not a huge NBA fan because there's too much action. I prefer baseball. And um, <laughs> they won't do what you're suggesting, Jack, even though the way you suggest the math, it, it makes perfect sense. But if they have no league, if they have no games, they're not going to p- pay the players. They've got a little pot of money they've given to the Players Association so the guys can make their Ferrari payments and, and pay their mansion air conditioning bills, I As guess. As David Spade said, they got their baby mamas, they got their side pieces. All these people need to get paid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so uh, MLB, although, you know, I don't know, I'd have to look at the books, but uh, Major League Baseball, most of the money's TV money. But they're obviously not even talking seriously. I got to look into my Major League Baseball sources and see if they're even contemplating anything at this point. Do you think the ratings would be close to normal, or what do you think the ratings would be? The TV ratings. I think uh, initially, I think they'd be huge. Yeah, Yeah. I just don't. I just don't know what watching an NBA game without a crowd would be. It might be that even with the the fantastic talent, you take the crowd noise out of it, and it's just kind of weird and not that exciting to watch. I don't know. I think there would be an element of it. That would be a lot like sometimes we play the jokes from late night comics, mm-hmm. you know, when we come back from commercials on the show. And when there's no laughter, it's uh, hmm, falls kind of flat. On the other hand, at least for a while, it would be really interesting to hear the jawing, the encouragement, whatever, from the benches. Because you'd hear those guys what they're yelling because they're constantly yelling. God, stuff. It would be so weird, though. Um, to not have the, you know, one team gets on a roll and the crowd is going to, and he's had to call a timeout! And they're all just walking over to the benches in complete silence. We can hear and you, you got like Albert. <laughs> eight guys on the bench saying, hey, good job there. Nice job, Jimmy. See, I just want one heckler that you could hear. Just put one heckler in the building. <laughs> you suck. Um, I think it'd be no, fascinating. No, I don't. Well, they, they, is, am I wrong? You you can't have a microphone that'll pick up court noise unless you're going to get the players to keep their mouths shut. Well, there would be non-stop f bleep. Well, then it just stop mfers. It would just be bleep. It would be all bleep. Yeah, you ain't yeah. s just repeated over yeah. and over again. Uh, sorry, folks. Apparently, some bad language slipped into the broadcast. Whoops. Sorry. While I was saying that, another. <laughs> oh Lord, another one there. Oh boy. This is going to take a while. <laughs> Unless you can get the players to, to not talk that way and get them to say, you're not up to the standards of a normal NBA player. So the, the <laughs> Get that out of here. The hoops are actually mic'd, and that's where you would pick up most of the on-court chatter. God, you got to run it on cable. 
and and then for that. Oh, oh yes, please. Oh, yeah. Now you got my attention. I would do pay per view if we heard the uncensored, just mic'd up players jawing <gasps> at each other. That would be great. When the bench and the coaches and everything, because yeah. you'd be, you know it's an empty room. <laughs> Yes. Sean, in the very early days of ESPN, they would do uh, NHL hockey, and uh, they would have the mics down on the ice. And, man, you heard all sorts of nasty language. <laughs> they finally got wise to that and moved oh, the mics back. God, I want that. <laughs> I want mic'd NBA games. But playoff games, you know, NBA finals games, where they're really at the very best at their top level playing for it all. I want to hear what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you'd hear you'd hear the trash talk, too. Which would be cool. My favorite Michael uh, Jordan trash talk. Uh, they they had him mic'd up or something for one game, and he he blew past a guy in the lane. He's trotting back, and he says, "It's faster than it looks on TV, isn't it?" <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Well, anyway. I've never spoken those words in my basketball <laughs> career. <laughs> I hope that we I uh, hope we get some semblance of that. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. virus behaves in a way that's dramatically different from ordinary influenza. Children contract and spread the annual flu very easily. If you have them, you know it. By the numbers, the annual flu is much more dangerous to children than the coronavirus is. Now, why is this relevant right now? Well, it's relevant because we've shut down education nationwide. Many schools and colleges are now considering staying closed in the fall. For the kids who go to those schools and their families, this is a disaster. So it's fair to ask, who has been saved by doing this? And the people in charge don't even bother to tell us. Shut up and lock down, they say. You, you're saving lives when you do. People will die if you don't. Every day you hear that. But it's not science. Those are political slogans. Um, and uh, <clears throat> Tucker took on the fact that the San Francisco Bay Area is extending through the end of May another five weeks. Seems insane to me. It does seem pretty crazy, but unjustifiable. Uh, now, the, I kind of disagree with him on the kid thing, or or he's missing the point that the problem with the kids is that they're they're carriers. Yeah, I mean, right. they spread it all over the every place. Every kid to would have it, and they'd all people. go home, and yeah, right. But so, the, uh, yeah, but I agree with him completely on the other stuff. The uh, I had another article. Maybe I'll get to it later in the New York Times about parents across the country struggling with this whole online learning thing at home man it's because you and you know probably still have your job maybe you don't if you don't maybe you have time for this but like if you're still working your normal life and then all of a sudden you're doing the whole teacher thing where you're digging up the assignments and grading them and getting them submitted and working through all the bugs and there are so many with the computer stuff Mm-hmm. Uh, with the the sign-ons and passwords and the web cameras and all the different things, right. it is a time-consuming thing. Well, and what nobody's talking about is we're now going from flattening the curve to now just preventing cases, even at any cost. Is you got, for instance, uh, working-class family, the sort of folks who can't work from home, they have to do their jobs. They have two kids. The kids ain't in school. They only have one computer or laptop or whatever. What's going on in those homes? 
And where's the compassion for those people? There's very little to zero learning going on school-wise in those homes, I got to believe. Well, right. And and who's taking care of the kids? And just it's if just I, craziness. If, if I was just going to guess a number on it, I'd say, and we're trying pretty hard, maybe we're getting a third of what a normal school day would be. Mm. Maybe a third. I bet that's really common. Certainly not much higher than that. For what it's worth, and this is uh, maybe a little surprising, is my junior in college kid is working her ass off. She's got papers due and all sorts of projects yeah, and stuff going on. I don't on, see why that would happen. Well, that's would, different. Yeah, I don't see why it would have to be true for university settings. I mean, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be self-motivated and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, and the assignments are uh, fewer but bigger. Um, that ought to work fairly well. God, I would think you could get close to... Aside from like labs and stuff where you have to have a teacher right there, I would think you could get close to like 80, 90 percent of the goodness of university out of that, which is why so many people are talking about the whole university model changing. But man, oh, man, for the grade schooler where you have, you know, eight different subjects spread out over a day and it's all about the teacher and everything, it's it is something. Um, we haven't been on this story. I, I, I never get that into stories where I don't know what happened. I don't enjoy commenting on them that much. For instance, the he said, she said sex stuff. Unless I'm forced to talk about it, I don't, I don't have any idea if Joe Biden did or didn't. What, what's the point of me weighing in on this? And I kind of felt that way with this Navy captain who, um, who, you know, sent out that letter saying a bunch of people on the ship have coronavirus and nobody's paying any attention. And then he got fired. I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. So it's hard for me to have a comment on that. Um, but you're so, a bad talk show host. I know. Just throw out know. strongly worded opinions. I know. I know. Uh, but he got fired. He lost his job there for for not following the chain of command. And I thought, okay, that makes sense to me. You're supposed to follow the chain of command and keep it within the Navy and all that sort of stuff. And it went out to press outlets, blah, blah, blah. Well, now top Navy officials are recommending that Captain Brett Crozier be reinstated. And it's gone to Defense Secretary Esper's desk where he is going to make his decision. And if he decides to reinstate him, it would be a stunning rebuke, it says here, of uh, acting Navy Secretary Thomas Modley, who fired Crozier over his handling of the outbreak. And then resigned. And then resigned. Yeah, then right. resigned. Yeah, I, in shame. that, that there, that, Oh, the Navy has some issues. Um, a, a source close to a source told me at the time, the weird thing is that there are multiple levels um, who should have fired the captain if he was going to be fired. This, the idea of the Secretary of the Navy doing it personally, that's unprecedented. That's not the way it works. And so, yeah, evidently that guy was just a crackpot. Modley? Modley, yeah. I mean, the idea that this the second nave, as they call him, would weigh in, fire the guy, and uh, like the uh, admirals under him are thinking, uh, what just happened? Um, and then he'd resign in shame days later. Right. And a few weeks later, they'd say, oh, give old Crozier the job back. That's some serious dysfunction. And as we mentioned at the time, and I know we put a link on the website, there's some troubling, troubling stories in the Navy going back over several years of mistakes and problems and chain of command issues that got it. You know, they, they need to be up to speed in dealing with China's Navy. And it's, right. it's scary stuff. Like we always say, respect the military, but don't worship it. Hold them to account.
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 